Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. There's always a place for affection and encouragement. But when you're in wartime, 
Everything is about the war. Everything. How you train up your kids. You train your kids to be survivors. All of a sudden, it's not about them be having fun and having a good childhood experience. It's about them surviving their childhood to become adults. And so you shift. That when you uh, meet people who were raised in nations of warfare, they are a different breed of people. All together, the women have a different mentality. The men, the children. It's not about, we just want to enjoy ourselves every day and make sure that there's this warm, fuzzy feeling and that they know there's love. And they want to make sure that they know that they are alive <laughs> and that they are trained and equipped to survive, to take care of themselves when no one else is around. And when they grow up, that they are useful. In Israel, everybody serves in the military. Men, women, everybody does some type of service because this country is always under attack. And we as the body of Christ now, we are under attack. That is not an imagination. That is not a doomsday, bad news bear. That is not any of those things. That is the reality. So us learning our pedigree in conjunction with leadership is a strategic maneuver on God's part. So we don't get so high on our identity in Christ that we still take no responsibility for what it means to him. Remember, Dr. Price has been teaching us about God's future. We want prophecies for our future, right? Car, house, family, money, job, all the things that are fading away. And really, rarely anything that helps us. And so now it's going to be about what you are to his future who you are to his future. I would consider it a gift to get any kind of word from God that's just about me. Just say, because I just want to bless you. That's a gift, because we are in a war time. We are in a campaign time. It says the march is on. You can hear it in the spirit. We're going to hear it in worship, hear it in sermons, where that sound of the cadence of military warfare is a very real thing. The, the nations are at war. The churches are at war. Politicians, everything. Commercials are crazy now. No matter where you look, you can see that the overall landscape has shifted and it's changed. And so we are now in that. We, we've learned this in our apostleship training. If you've read Eternity's Generals, then you know that the apostle's office is a martial office. When God calls us to arms, it is because, well, there's opposition, probably at the gate at this point. And the church, unfortunately, doesn't want to hear it until it's too late. Well, where are all the strong people? You know, 20 years ago when Dr. Price was saying this, who wanted to hear it? Oh, no, we're still pulling in the, the gold and the gold dust in the, in the prayer meetings. And we just want to see the plate fall from heaven. And I was in prayer and a feather showed up. And so the angel, I mean, come on. We were so excited. Well, I was not excited. I, I didn't understand all that and how that equated to a major move of God. But there was all this excitement. And that was the push. The push was to get gold dust. The push was to have, like I said, the feathers fall. The push was to have the leader just pulling the microphone and everybody just fall out in the room. And that's what people wanted to hear. And now that the manifestation of those warnings is at the gate, at our doors, in our houses, in our children, we're, we're strong leadership. We're, and now we want it. <laughs> and so, hey, we're here. We got you. We got you. We got you covered. But now is the time. We are in a different time all together. I'm thinking about how much life has changed from last year when I was commissioned until now. One year in change, a little bit more than a year, and a lot has changed in the world, 
in the kingdom and with the Lord. There is an acceleration. There is a pressure. We should all be feeling that pressure from the Lord, from heaven, from eternity of it's time to deliver. It's time to deliver. Wiggle room is over. I remember years ago when Dr. Price used to give us those kind of words, when we were shifting into becoming prophets. And she would say things like, no more wiggle room. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you mean this is wiggle room? <laughs> that was my first response. But, you know, I had enough sense to do that at home. You know, you have to know when to shut it down. And then you have to know when, don't even do it at home. Like, it's, it's time up. Time is up for that kind of thing. It's, it's over. There comes a point in time when maturity needs to settle in, sobriety needs to settle in, and these uh, permissive temper tantrums that we feel we deserve to have, they have to die. Not even just be controlled or contained or constrained, but actually be put to death in our soul, which is also why Dr. Price is teaching us on the soul, so we can possess our soul. So we have a few announcements here to let you know what's going on. Well, somebody is going to possess your soul. We have about two good options. One isn't that good. But there are two definitive options. And so here we go. As far as some announcements, this week, the Congregation of the Mighty, you'll be able to see this on your screen if you're on Facebook. Uh, tune in to God's Royal Network. You can see this collage of shows showing everybody's, uh, everybody's face here on their broadcast. And you can pick, pick a day. Monday through sun, Sunday to Sunday, literally Sunday to Sunday, you can watch a piece of wisdom on God's Royal Network. And we are on different places in 2020. What we are doing is we are actually going to launch our God's Royal Network channel on YouTube, where you can go to one location to get caught up and stay caught up on all of the shows. Everyone will have their own uh, category there. Be on the lookout for that the first quarter of this year coming your way. We are always growing, always improving here in the Paula Price Enterprise Empire Network Galaxy realm, sphere, <laughs> region, form. <laughs> we want you to participate. Constellation. Constellation, yes. We galactic the, it's in a galactic around here. We want you to participate in the live broadcast of Wednesday Warriors every Wednesday night, 7.30. If you are in Tulsa, especially if you're in Tulsa, Bixby, Broken Arrow, the surrounding area is James. You want to come live to the Congregation of the Mighty in Bixby, Oklahoma, 7.30 to 9 every Wednesday night, unless, you know, it's, it's some other thing happening, which is rare. But we're there on Wednesday's Chief Prophet Tulsa Price going through before the garden. And not just the book. Not just the book. But also the wisdom, the nuggets, taking uh, one line that Dr. Price said that can have you stuff for like nine months trying to work through in your soul and your mind and your understanding. It's a very real thing, okay? And really taking our time and working through it. Right now, we are learning how to read the Bible. Not just the words, okay? But also how to read it from God's mind. Last night we talked about God's will and God's ways. Ooh, who talked about that in Bible study? We do. And then we also have today the Jesus and Paula show with Jesus and Dr. Price. I can't, I can't call her by her first name. It just doesn't sound right. Oh. So it's the Jesus and Paula show because she said that, but it's Jesus and Dr. Price. So. <laughs> uh, 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 
Oklahoma, you want to be part of our live studio audience, reach out to me, reach out to Rachel, reach out to somebody, or contact us from Dr. Price's webpage in the contact form and say, how can I show up, be in the studio and see what is going on in this flesh. Now, we also have this very exciting event coming up next Saturday here in Tulsa, here at Price University. It is called A Woman Transformed. And the Winning Woman's Network, which is Chief Prophet Paula Price's network that she has, is hosting with, of course, the one and only Dr. Paula Price, the, a, trans, a woman transformed looking for a new you. It will be here. It is only $10, and it is 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. We have a lineup, which should be uh, on Eventbrite, the lineup of uh, speakers and topics that we will have. There's a series of workshops. All day from skincare to health care for women, how we should take care of ourselves from the inside out and the outside in. I think hair and skin and attitude and presentation and body and the full package. Because womanhood is for sure, it's about more than your appearance. Praise the Lord. That's like the last piece, kind of like putting the window dressings on a house after it's built. So we actually do the foundation and the infrastructure and everything that matters to its standing. And so you want to be there to participate in that. I'm very excited about learning myself and, and taking my own knowledge and education to the next level. We have professionals coming in from the city as well as from our congregation. We have professionals in our congregation in many spheres. And uh, this area, what do we have? Six, ten stylists? No, I think we have five. We have five stylists in our own church, own professionals, uh, their own businesses or working for someone else. And so we want you to be a part of that. Go to Eventbrite and purchase your ticket. If you are in the congregation of the mighty, I'm looking here at the congregation. I'm looking at the congregation. You all need to do this too. Mm. Secure your spot. Don't assume that we're going to assume you're going to show up at the door. <laughs> Sometimes the closer to home you live in something, the longer you wait to do it. Kind of like people who are always late to church. Sometimes are the ones who are closest to the church. You think you're going to get there? I'm just around the corner. All right, so you want to make sure that you go there on Eventbrite, key in a woman transformed, and the information will be there. Pay your $10 and uh, so you can secure your seat so we have enough resources so we make sure that our space will be big enough for the people who are coming as well. Also, Dr. Price has released, which is in conjunction with our series here on Thursday, Now That You Are a Leader. What I love about Dr. Price, and I'll talk about her for just a moment, like she's not in the room, is <laughs> that she doesn't change. You can tell she has stayed with the Lord a long time because she doesn't change, because he doesn't change. Now, Revelation has grown, matured, layers upon layers. This cake may have had one layer 30 years ago. Now it's like to the ceiling in layers. But we can trace everything she is saying now all the way back. I went to her first, one of her first leadership books that she came here with. I said, oh, you know what you wrote now that you are a leader in that? I did. She did. And so even when I find things, I'm still in shock like, okay, there is nothing new under the sun. And again, it's just coming out of the ground now. It is, this used to be a seedling and now it's an orchard <laughs> that we're all eating from. But it was always there. It's like, wait for it. So even as she is writing her prophetic primers, for Whitaker House, the new book that is coming out in the series of new books, she's like, oh, I said this in this book. You did? Wow. 
going back through constructing the contemporary prophets. We're mentoring our prophets, and they're going through that book, and I'm, I'm reading it and studying it. I'm like, last night, I was stuck in the first two paragraphs. Not because they were hard, uh, not because it was even difficult to understand, but I wanted to let the profundity of what I was reading sink in and not just blow through something to get it done. And I was meditating on just two paragraphs that she wrote about the role of the prophet. Wasn't ready. And, and I, you know, it's been years since I've actually plowed through that book. And it just, uh, it does something for you. When you really go into the works, into the books, and study them, allow yourself the time, even if you are a student, allow enough time in your life, which means you're going to have to sacrifice somewhere to do that. Um, so it can saturate and not just sit on top of you so you can get the assignment done or get the reading done and say, I read my Bible today, check. You know, so when they ask me next week, I can raise my hand and say, I did. But did it sink in? And then, you know, I have found that when you do that, you lose track of time anyway. <laughs> and so you are going to get that. You can order that book from www.drpaulaprice.com. If you have not visited Dr. Price's website in the last few months, go visit. It's a whole new website, a whole new layout. One of our employees was telling us that somebody from one of the big companies in the world uh, for some account we're setting up went to Dr. Price's site. And they said, whoa, oh, she's for real. <laughs> she's so real. You have no idea what you just said. Okay, you have no idea. 2020, you are going to see Dr. Price everywhere. We are on a campaign everywhere, magazines, articles, television, radio, college campuses. We have a team together who is going to make that happen. Starting on the glory and the praise break out of this over here. Glory. Okay, spring semester begins on Monday. Woo! Spring semester at Price University, January 13th. Okay, so if you have not enrolled in this semester, it's too late for this semester. However, it is not too late for the summer or the fall. You can start your enrollment now for those semesters in the year. And we also have starting at the end of this month, I think it's in two Mondays, our self-study classes that we will be rolling out so you did not miss those. You want to take the four-week or six-week classes that we offer, much lighter in content and in demand, but also in value. So, uh, but those are open to anybody. You can just sign up for those. If you are in the New Era Apostleship Restitution Kingdom Leadership course that Dr. Price is teaching, the semester begins for that on Monday as well. You will have access to our previous lectures on Monday. We've adjusted the homework assignments to fit where we are with the, the school semester. Uh, so homework will still be due, but you know, not tomorrow, because we haven't been able to get it to class, so we get that. <laughs> okay, everybody's like, just, but you understand it, Barbara. Because guess what? I have to do homework, too. Mm -hmm. Okay. We are all in school. Because we all have to keep learning. We do. Dr. Price in school, trying to write the book, she's in school. And then we're in school trying to figure it out. <laughs> and so, trying to read it. She's like, I wrote a whole chapter today. I'm like, I didn't read your whole chapter today, though. <laughs> as far as digesting that information. I love the richness of the material here. You have to, you do have to have an appetite and your system has to be adjusted for rich foods. Whenever you travel and you go to a country or, or a restaurant where the food is very rich and you're used to cheap, that thing can tear you up. 
you like, it was so good, but, oh, man, because your system is not accustomed to the richness, the heaviness, the authenticity of what you are eating. Well, likewise, with this kind of information, if you are accustomed to the fluff of the kingdom, I'm just going to call it fluff. Hey, I like puffs, cream puffs, and all kind of stuff. I do. There's a, there's a time and a place for every, look, every dessert. Lunch for <laughs> you can tell I need to get back on my diet. <laughs> okay? There is that. And so, yes, there is a time when you want light. There is a time when you want fluff. There is a time when you want just basic, uh, you know, encouragement and this sort of thing. But if you actually want to shore up your immune system, gear yourself up, strengthen yourself, you have to get into the heartier things, the heartier meats or even supplements. You have to be in shape sometimes just to take some of these supplements. They'll knock you out. And to get, you have to get healthy to get healthy. Anybody ever hear that? You need to actually get yourself together so you can get yourself together. <laughs> All right. And so with this kind of material and with Dr. Price's information, sometimes people are like, oh, when I first came, I was so heavy. Absolutely. Because the weight of God is heavy. He never said that he was, you know, flaky, crust. Anywhere. He really didn't. <laughs> Isn't that something? And so with that being said, you want to have the weight. I want to challenge you to, in 2020 and beyond, since this is the time of year we say all these things especially, to lay on the extra pounds on your spiritual bench press. As long as you have a spotter. You need that spotter. That's why two better than one. Look, you need to have somebody who can let you know you're about to go in too deep in the wrong place. Come back. Come back. But press yourself, which is what we are encouraging all of our people to do, to push yourself so you can say, you know what, add another chapter. Uh, wait, wait, how many pages are in that chapter? Add another assignment. <coughs> this is the year. This is going to be a studious year. We're all going to be in the book. Everywhere. I was on vacation with my books. I was everywhere with my books. I loved it. That's why I was so happy to drive. I could just keep a bag of books in my car and pull things out at random times to really take it in and let it settle and think and meditate and drive and do all those things so that God can have something to pull on later. Everything you do is not for the now. Some things are for later, and that is okay. Isn't that okay? And let me see here. Let me find my save the date slide because June, I want to say June is around the corner. June feels like it's around the corner. Right? Anybody else feel like next month might be June? <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not. I know. Wrong day. Wrong day. But it, it, it's, it's happening. You can reserve your room at the hotel for June. Our Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, June 17th through the 20th, right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We have the, the, the crew is coming back. Of course, Chief. Apostle Dr. Paula Price is going to lay us out on whatever she's going to say. Doesn't really matter. Now, Prophet Paula, Chief Prophet, also. And then, if we survive them, we have the Collins Prophets, who will also be here. Prophet Adia Peterson will be speaking to the group as well as the youth. We have a program for the young people. We want to see your youth groups here in June with you in June 2020. We're going to be very tight on the age restriction and limitation. That's very important because there are subject matters that have to be dealt with, and the little children cannot be in the room. And, okay. We'll talk more about that later, but we're saying it now. Even though some of you will try and say we never said it, we're saying it now. 
about we will be enforcing that. Sign up. So when you call the Warren Place Doubletree Hotel, not the Doubletree downtown, Warren Place, Warren Place, Warren Place, Warren Place, Doubletree, you will ask for the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute 2020. That's the room block name. Don't say TPTI 2020. They will tell you, I don't know what you're talking about. And you call us mad and say, I said TPTI. They didn't know what that was because they don't know what that is. Their system is a program. So they have to put in Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute 2020, the numbers 2020, and it should pull up our room block, and then you can reserve your room. People have been asking since December about that room block, get it secured so we know we need to expand it, which we will. We always do that we know now. <clears throat> also, let's see here. You know, Dr. Price is, I like this one, the soulologist. Last night on Wednesday Warriors, we talked about that. Soulologist. And the laws, L-O-G, as far as what is logged into your soul and the decisions that you make based on what you've logged in into your soul. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so she is that. I want you to visit her website, www.drpaulaaprice. It's right there, dot com. Circle around. If you're a member of our church, go to the website and actually see what else we offer. I'm going to say that. Because the hometown saints are the ones who know the least about what's going on. No, because you think you hear it out. That's the highest recommendation. What y'all ought to do. What everybody ought to do. That's the truth. You all ever thought of. Well, you know what our church should be doing. You know what you all need to be doing is you need to do this, this, and this. I'm like, because you read the banners in the lobby. <laughs> See, we got banners in the lobby. You walk past them every week. Every week. They actually say what we're doing. And we have a screen. I bet you don't need to think just the same thing. You know, bless Rachel Carr. She just keeps up there. She does. And we say, we Yeah. And we say, did you go to the website? Oh, I know. I heard you all doing that. I go to the website. I love it. Go to the website. And then read it. No, stop recommending stuff that's 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 a hot button around here. It is. Folks are good for telling us what we need to do, having never investigated what we're doing or what we've done, or even asking why we're not doing something. No. No. Well, you know what happens when you're building. That's the interesting thing yeah. about building. I fully understand. But when you're building, you have to do everything piece by piece. You know, babies are born in the womb, put together the womb piece by piece. They are. You know, there's no clump that says embryo, boom, fetus, boom, baby. Boom, kid. Nobody, nothing does that. But when you're like that, you 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 know the the best part of having visionaries and who are within the foundation, they are they see your end, but they also start in your beginning. So and they they understand that it, everything is put together pieces and parts. Probably one of the things that I have learned is that um, we have to understand how God does things. You know, how God works, yeah. that's, a, that's already something that we need to think about. How does God do what he does? And we assume that God starts with the finished product. No, the vision is finished. The product takes some time. <laughs> and, and so I, uh, I have learned in my years of doing this, as a matter of fact, I just had some brand new revelations on how God does God. You know, I'm having... My issue is I want to know how God does God so I can stop praying stupid. Okay. You know, 
and stop trying to get God to act like the fallen angels who are his errors uh, kicked to the curb. You know? The devil's an error. That's why they bring error. See, that's why they are erroneous. Our word is not erroneous because God messed up. Devils are errors. Devils are errors. Isn't that right to say that? Yes, it is. It's true. Because it's the truth. And so, you know, because we, you know, I was talking about that Sunday. So we are, you know, we, Norma and I had this phenomenal discussion this morning about how good God is. I have to take it out. Sorry, though. I don't like to be doing it wrong. I've been known to. There you go. Okay. And so, and so, in writing all of these books, you spend an enormous amount of time with the Almighty, and you make sure, because you're not going to send him wrong. Yeah. So, you know, you wonder why so-and-so didn't get this revelation or whatever. God gives people revelation to the degree that they can maintain his integrity. Because every step of the way that God gives you, it bumps you up, and it enhances you, and you become so different. But then it comes down to the part of him that is really the test. And the test is, can you have this and maintain humility? Can you have this and not want to exploit him? Can you have this and not want to desert him? Can you have this and not want to alter it for your world? Because, <clears throat> you know, we're like, yes, the people in my world won't get it. That's the president of change. That's, I don't know. They're, they're there. They're not there to generate. You know, God was giving all of this to the prophet for, for a generation yet to be born. Yes. Yes. Yes, the prophets looked into our common salvation and they didn't know what it was talking about. But it didn't stop God from giving it to them at the highest level and the highest order. They just said there's a generation that will be born, there will be, uh, you know, omnipotent for what I'm doing at that age, at that stage. So every time people would fuss with me, you know, it's deep, a precious, a God, I don't care. He said that it's not for them. He said because the, the for them get it. And the not for them misses. And that's not right or wrong with either thought. If you are for a people yet to be born. And, and I always tell the joke, while I was getting all of this, my people were being born. <laughs> you know? They were little, they were little, yeah, the wee ones. You were born what year? 79. And I started in 82. So you would see this time they playing with a little box. And here she is, at least. Uh-huh. And yet, today, she is who God made for me. So don't get frustrated when you say, yeah, but Lord, I'm trying to make these people get it. Some of them are to be the ones that register it. So that later down the line, they can acknowledge. Yeah, this is God. Yeah, but God's been saying this. People say that about me today quite frequently. Yeah, but she's always been saying You just heard her. She's always been saying it. So the thing is, can you be faithful to the revelation and to the generation that it is for? Because if, if many times we want to harvest on the present generation, and the harvest, the true harvest that God has, may not yet be available, may not yet exist. So, I mean, I walk in this wisdom because I went to God with the same thing. Well, God, everybody's playing but me. I want to go outside and play. God, they're all on television. They're all in this. They're all in that. And on and on and on. I want to go. And I can prophesy. And he said, but you're called to do more than prophesy. Oh. And so what would that be? Read your Bible. Oh. And so 
I have the, the, the discussion, I have answers because I've lived these experiences. I wanted to be chosen. I wanted to be great. I wanted to be on television. I wanted to be the one. And God was like, yeah, but you don't have all that I have to give you. And the generation to be born for what you're doing needs the entire package. So that generation was a simpler generation, and the one before it's simpler still. These, this generation, we've got internet, we've got technology, we've got, you know, I mean, even the devils are happy. People are like, ooh, we've got an upgraded version of humans to, to, to mess with. This is crazy. They're like, dude, look at this new crop. And so, and because each generation of humans is closer and closer to the world that they got kicked out of. Which is why they could take that last generation out, and this generation, when I educate them, and they are different, they're like, no, 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 we heard you do that, no, that's not happening. And so every generation is getting closer and closer to being the one that will brew Satan's head, crush his head, every generation. See, some of us, you know, we're just, you know, we're like prize fight. We're just throwing blows, and they just... He's dodging. But there's a generation that's going to land that, that blow. And they're going to land that punch. And it's going to be like David and Goliath. And that punch is going to be like that stone in the slingshot. But because we, you see, you can tell the generation it wasn't for it because the generation wasn't for it said, don't worry about the devil. I mean, when I came into God, when I was like, well, don't worry about the devil. Don't worry about the devil's people. They take care of themselves. I was like, yeah, y'all ain't no devil at all. Because, see, they're not going to take care of themselves. They put themselves in your place while you were out waiting for the mothership to take you away, waiting for the fathership. And so we didn't study that, but they studied us. They studied us. YouTube is full of non-Christian preachers telling you how they ripped off the church. It's full of them telling you the formula you want to get. You want to plunder the goods of the Almighty? You want to plunder the Almighty's church? Do this 12-step formula, and you will empty their pockets and fill your coffers. Now, I'm going to tell you, the indictment, the major indictment against the church of Jesus Christ is that they don't know Jesus. That is an indictment. Heaven looks upon us. Those heaven citizens, those angels, and they look upon us with real disappointment, sad disappointment. It is pathetic that you don't know a preacher who isn't preaching for your God. That is pathetic. That is a failure of your faith. You can't recognize the sounds of Jesus Christ. You can't recognize the tones of Jesus Christ. You can't recognize the message of Jesus Christ. You can't recognize the spirit of Jesus Christ, and you think you're going to spend forever with this man? Any demon can can, rip, can hijack you in that life. You won't know. Because you don't know Jesus now. You can't defend yourself from this adversary today. Today. You cannot. You can't defend him. Talk about, well, I'm defending. I'm sorry, I can defend the Lord. We had a woman on the internet yelled at my daughter said, but God doesn't need defense. Baby, you won't be in his camp. Because one thing we don't have is folks who don't understand God's world, God's life, and God's existence. Every one of you should read before the garden ten times. Every single one of you listening. Because
you don't know God. You don't know God. You don't know your God, which is why you keep getting taken out. You keep following these guys. I'm talking about they love Jesus. I'm sitting here looking at Carlton Pearson and his wife praying to Buddha. And y'all still think he's Christian. We're looking at Joel Osteen having Kanye in the church talking about he's Christ. This man, 40,000 people who don't know Jesus. Don't know. And my job, because I represent the throne of Christ, I am filled with all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you got a, literally millions, and we were drinking those in church, millions of people who don't know their Savior. And you wonder how Jesus can say in Matthew 7, I never knew you. Because you follow visuals. You follow audible. You follow Charisma. You follow everything but the Spirit of Christ. And, and you, you can tell the Christian where the Spirit of Christ is because that, that Christian was like, you know, I mean, a lot of people did it, but it just didn't, didn't feel like, oh, I got this crazy stuff. No, y'all celebrate, and they're going to beat the people who know Jesus and your group, we know him. You're going to beat us because we can't be deluded and as gullible as you are. It's an indictment that you don't know Jesus Christ. It's an indictment that you don't know those men are saved. It's an indictment that you don't know that they hate your God. It's an indictment that you don't know that they don't say say well. It is an indictment against your faith. That is an indictment. And it proves one thing. You don't know Jesus, and the only way you can be saved is that you know him. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his son. Do yourself a favor. Keep up in your Bible. Today we can do that. See, we're that generation. How many times the New Testament talks about know him, in him, as him? You should know that. And let me tell you, when I was a brand new Christian, I knew a devil. But because you've been preached out of the reality and the authenticity of devils, you think that they don't exist. I knew a devil because, see, I was saved from devil. You know, I was like that woman out of whom was cast blank, blank, blank devil. And one thing I know is a lying spirit. One thing I know is a lying preacher. I'm going to tell you, they will tell you in 1987, God talked to me about two preachers, three preachers. And he said, they are not of me, and they will fall. But right now, there's a pie piper, and they're fluting for the sheep. And he told me the dream. I remember, I knew it was, I still remember those dreams today. And though all three of those men have turned from Christ, if you're a real prophet, you should have known. If you are a real prophet, because the job of a prophet is not just to prophesy. The job of a prophesier is to prophesy. The job of a prophet is to guard the kingdom, his throne, his possession, and to know his enemies. Can you imagine a military never teaching the soldiers about America's enemies? Are you kidding me? The military doesn't want anybody too advocated for the enemy. Enemies. You know, I just don't believe in war. Stay home. Because right now we believe in winning wars. You believe in being, you believe in literally being destroyed by them. We have all these years, you were never taught who God's enemy was, but they were taught about you. You were never taught how they think, but they were taught about you. You never learned 
the enemy's devices. Paul said, I will not have you ignorant of the enemy's devices. I will not have you ignorant over and over again because they know he comes to Jesus naive. And naive includes ignorant, not just gullible, not just susceptible and seducible, but ignorant. But, but what did he say? We are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. And you know what? That passage is kicking today. And you all thought, yeah, because my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yeah, we one of them. Now, this is the generation that is suffering and struggling with that. So, yeah, Dr. Price is difficult. And you know why? Because I represent the throne of Christ, and I'm in it for him to win it. I'm in it for him to win it. And I'm producing winners. So I don't apologize. When people start crying and criticizing, I'm like, bless your little sweet, sanctified heart. You go on over there and stay with the stuff. Because that's what we had, stuff ministry. The people, the majority of the church stayed with the stuff, and a handful went to war to hold court and to recover the loss. But that is changing. This generation, I talked to several people who are very in tune with this generation, and we thought this generation didn't want church. No, this generation didn't want Christ. No, they don't want church. They want Christ. And they want true leaders because this generation understands that if you don't keep it, someone else will reap it. We're learning all of these lessons today. I'm sorry. And, and the Bible said, mark those who are walked as enemies of the cross. And you don't even know what an enemy of the cross looks like, sounds like, feels like, smells like, acts like. And that is why you are fighting for Satan's plan. And his scouts. You're fighting to defend. Yeah, well, God is love. Cupid or Jesus? Because y'all attach the love of God to sex. That's got to be Cupid. That's got to be Cupid. That's got to be Apollo. All devils are sexual. They, they, the only way for them to reproduce themselves. Because God can give them rights. He can give them spouses. That's why they had to invent other ways to get into the human body, sexual. Because God didn't give them bodies. That's what they actually hate about you. You can reproduce, and God gave you an opposite of yourself, just like he did with himself. The church of Jesus Christ is the wife, is the bride, not the husband. The Holy Ghost does all of that work for the Godhead. So you don't know these things, but you should. You should because it's your salvation and it's your afterlife. It's your eternal life. So what you will do after you leave this body depends on how you treat Jesus today. And today, you treat him like he doesn't exist. You treat him like he's an icon. You want to paint him on your body instead of let him grow in your soul. Because that's easy, because that's flesh. Flesh always wants to do the externals and the visible. And the visible. It's the internal stuff, the diet stuff. It's to let yourself go. It's to learn of him. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly at heart, and you will find rest into your soul. This restless spirit, because you don't know Christ. We're arguing and contending because you don't know Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to go to this man's Facebook. He and his wife, and y'all walking around, you Christians are defending a man who has literally apostatized from Jesus Christ. 
defected from the Lord and is peddling the gospel of we don't know what deity since they have so many. You don't even know what deity he's peddling. And yet, you are standing here and put your eternal soul on the line for something that is obviously, evidently not Jesus Christ. You can sit there and say, well, you know, if he made it in Joel Osteen's church, then that means he must be great and he must be right. Why? Because Joel has big numbers? Joel doesn't know the gospel. Because if he did, he'd have never been there. He doesn't know the gospel. He does not know Jesus Christ. He knows scripture. He knows church. Because people who know Christ and who agree with them don't host his enemies, don't host his adversaries, and don't unleash poison on his people. Now, I'm telling you, because a lot of y'all are jumping on that because you don't know Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, right now, you're like, without God Christ, that's you. And they say, honey, that just means a bigger crowd going to hell. Let me tell you, all I've got a big following. <laughs> Okay, all has a big power, and the dragon has a bunch of people. As a matter of fact, the dragon, the Bible said a dragon put his tail out and dragged one-third of the stars from the sky. Then when you research it, the tail of the dragon is false prophets and false prophecies. So I'm not, trust me, I'm not impressed. I don't follow false. And you know, the you know, when he said, Abroad is the way to destruction. So you should understand that if, there's, if, if this is a lot of they're on the Broadway. I'm on the highway to heaven. They're on the Broadway to hell. I love being this. I love the fact that I sit with this man regularly. I love for the the fact that I sit in heavenly places. I don't. If you were in heavenly places, you wouldn't have to guess who's who. You know. But you're down here in the valley with Aaron rebuilding that golden cat. Mm. Y'all down there having orgies over the dead. See, but you don't know your Bible, so you can't defend yourself. Can you imagine that if you did not know the driver's license book, they won't give you a license? And you have to, and when you breach the rules of driving, they take you back to the driver's license manual. Yes, they do. They don't give you something new. They take you back to the manual. And then when they tell you you've got to go to driving school and you go to the computer, because we this generation, you get a computerized version of the manual that gave you a license. They don't give you another thing. They go and say, no, it's the page, so and so, paragraph, stuff, and what, blah, 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 six. And you'll say, I never knew that. Yeah, but it's your, you took our license. It's your job to know it. That's why they come down on you so heavily. And what makes them come down on you? That you are a danger to the public. These ministers are dangerous to God's public. They're poisonous. Now, this man got the thing on Facebook, so y'all need to just go on and look. So don't even think we just, no. No. And, and I said, let somebody else stand here and defend him to me, because I'm sure enough I'll ask you, why don't you know he's Buddhist? Can I say that? Yes. Because you you think you're defending Christ because people banging his name? Do you realize he said himself that he picked up the formula for church, did it, and became rich and had a big church? This man told you that. You know, the devil is so sure of himself, he can tell you the truth, and you still will 
you that. See, you found it, didn't you? <laughs> you found it. See, you all are defending another religion, and you don't even know which one it is. You know how many D.D. Bell I had? Like, a hundred thousand? Snot was a deity. <laughs> is it all right? Y'all all right? I know some of y'all are upset because y'all are like, I wouldn't do it. But you see, you'd rather have God lose millions of souls. Can we say it? You all want, you realize how many people Joel has endorsed Kanye with, talking about he knows Jesus? And the people are like, yeah, well, no, do your homework. Even on your ministers, what are they doing after church? Isaiah had the same problem. He said to um, God, the Spirit of God said to Isaiah, son of man, follow me. Let me show you what they're doing. And then he said, follow me. Let me show you what they're doing. And then the last thing he saw, after service was over, the Holy Ghost took him into a room. He said, dig into this wall. He dug into the wall, and what did he see? All the preachers worshiping the host of heaven and bowing to the east. This is Bible. Y'all think this is new. There's nothing new under the sun. That which is has already been, and that which will be has already been. That is what the prophetic is based on. That is what divine revelation is based on, God's archives. The chronicle of God's life with humanity. Y'all, is they loving on me still? Are we eight? So not there or Ezekiel? It might have been Ezekiel. Help me get it right. I think it's Ezekiel 8. Ezekiel 8. Let me go there. And please don't stop doing that, okay? Because you know, I'm recalling. I think it's Ezekiel 8. No, I think you're right. I think Isaiah is the one where he said they call evil good and good evil. And I think, I'm, I'm there. Hey, God, and put it up on the screen. You know, when, when, when you hit it, I, put, I, I give you permission. My feelings don't get hurt like that. I want to get it right. I don't know. I'll fuss at you. I said it's a program. Why are you saying something wrong with you? So here it is. I love it. And he says, Ezekiel 8, 5, this, this said he unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now the way toward the north. So I lifted up mine eyes the way toward the north, and behold, northward, at the gate of the altar, this image of jealousy in the entrance. You know, a lot of churches got a whole lot of pagan images. Yeah. And then he said, he says, therefore, unto me, son of man, seest thou what they do, even the great abominations that the house of Israel committed here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary, but turn to see. What he said, I'm going to leave y'all. See, you can be so liberated, just you liberate Jesus from his duties and responsibilities to you. Yeah. He said, and then he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. Then he said to me, Son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. And he said unto me, Go in, and behold, the wicked abominations that they do this. So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping things and abominable beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. And there stood before them 70 of the ancients. They call ancients, we call them elders. Seventy of the ancients of the house of Israel, in the midst of them stood Jehazaniah at the front of Shaphan, with every man his censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Then he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients or elders of the house of Israel do in the dark? 
every man in the chambers of his imagery. Is that powerful? For they say, the Lord fears not, the Lord hath forsaken the earth. And he said unto me, turn ye yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tanul, or Diana, or some diva, or some rapper turned deity. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man, turn ye yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations than these? And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five, uh, 25 men, or five and 20 men, with their backs toward the temple of the Lord, and their faces toward the east, and they worshipped the sun toward the east. Now you say the sun, no, Eastern religion, Buddha, East. Allah, East. You know, Hindu, East. This is not new to God. It's new to us. We are the new generation, East. And multiplicity of idols is polytheism. See, it's there. There's a Greek called it polytheism. Bible calls it Idols, multiplicity of idols. They worship pantheon. And they have worked hard to put Jesus in their pantheon. So you should read the prophets because the prophets tell you God's experience with humanity, God's mistreatment and abuse by the malcontent in his house. The prophets. You can't, you, you're talking about people prophesying for a God they don't know from prophets they never heard of. And you wonder why they did it wrong? They don't have anything, any script to get it right. They're prophesying by the deities. Did you see them? They're prophesying by Eastern deities. They're prophesying by polytheism, pantheon, pantheon and, and all sorts of demonism. And it said what's going on down the line. Except with the Gentiles worshiping demons. He's talking about communion. You can't have the cup of, of, of demons with the cup of Christ. Demons always have to be plural because they're not unified. They're not a singularity. They are scattered. So it takes a lot of demons to get you through life. That's why the madman of Gadara had a lot of them. Because it takes one Holy Ghost to do what a million demons or a thousand demons must do in you. They're not all smart. You got the demon that pretends to be smart. You got the demon that pretends to, to show you vision, that projects visions in your mind. You got the demon that, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> helps you have babies. You got the demon that makes you be charismatic. They have to have a, a, an agreement. And that's the reason that the occultists are so un, 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 um, unfavorable and so unpleasant is because those demons are always vying for the first age. Holy Ghost is one. In him, all things consist. You need a lot of devils. That's why when you meet people, you see, well, you meet one demon one day, another demon the next day, another devil the next day. You, you don't know who's going to show up. Because those demons are always vying for center stage. Y'all need 
to know this because you think you've been trained about spiritual warfare. You think you've been trained about devils. All we know, talking about pigs in the pot, we talking about snots and farts and dandruff. Come on, somebody. This thing is more sophisticated than that. There are demons that favor certain organs. They favor various organs. And so you should know. So there are demons that favor the heart. Those are going to be your emotional ones. Those are the demons that are going to keep talking about God is love. And if we loved like God loved, we would be better. We'd be different. Okay. But that's what we do. You got demons that favor, um, you know, the brain. These are your high intellectuals. But remember, their light is still the light of darkness. Right. So in order for these people to leave God, they took on a lot of demons because God was not supplying what made them famous. God's path to fame was first humility and then promotion. That's God's path. Satan's path is first promotion first thing, and then discard. You have to know. See, those who know their God will be strong. See, I know my honey man in my honey, and I like God's way of life. I like his path. I like how he's thinking. I absolutely adore it. There is not one thing God does that I don't like. Not one. Name something, I'm going to tell you I love it. I'm telling this all the time for those of you who are prophets and you who are, you know, super spiritual, he's going to tell you she's right. She's not exaggerating. I tell him this all the time. I said, I love how you live because I feel like you could stay on top this long with all that you created and all of that, your creation that hates you, and you still keep riding it generation after generation. I said, oh, no, you're good. You're real good. You are so good that you look like you are out of touch and out of control. You look like you don't exist. That's how good you are. That's how finite and how seamless God rules and dominates his creation. He lets devils stay out front and and brag and boast and state claims and what they happen. The devils represent the darkness behind which God hides himself. So he left them. He said, I'll let hell go first. I'll let sin go first. I'm going to let you. You got Saul before you got David. Isn't that wonderful? You had to get, you had, because you had to understand what darkness is all about. So that when the light comes and when truth comes, you will be so ready for it, you'll comply and obey. And then you'll begin to resist the darkness instead of the light. I want you to understand. See, I love this man, and I made it my business to learn him. I made it my business to understand his life, his experiences, his judgments, his testimony. He told Moses that. He, Moses and Abraham and David, they all excelled. Even Elijah, and, and what they excelled because it was not about the people. It was never about the people for them. They were guardians of the God of the land. They guarded God's ways. They enforced and uphold his authority. They were, it was never about the people. When it's about the people, you're down at the base of the mountain with Aaron making idols and having orgies. Moses came down from that mountain with what God said would work in his land. Government, religion, you can name it, culture, family, humanity, 
business, enterprise. He came down with all of that <laughs> under God's government. You cannot tell the Lord you're his prophet and you don't know his experience. You can tell him you have spoken for him from time to time, but you cannot occupy the office that protects the realm. And prophets are the first office to protect the realm and the sovereign of the realm. Prophets did that. You know, we, we got all of these superheroes. You know what? So-and-so, um, how does it go? So-and-so, I mean, he wasn't a prophet. You don't know that. You didn't call that person a prophet. But you should have looked at what their behaviors. You should have looked at their strategies. You should have looked at their actions and implementations, and you would have laid them against Scripture and deduced that they were high calling prophets. God is moving prophets back to the forefront because he goes to war with prophets first. Prophets get the plan. Prophets get the map. Prophets get the prototype from the archetype of heaven. Prophets do that. And then after prophets, God then sends the apostles. Why? The prophets have got to clear the ground and clean up the old and purge the people and sanctify them for the new institutions, the new government, etc., that God is establishing in a particular era or age. We had a whole rash, and we still do, I'm sure, of prophets who just self-promoted to apostles. What a waste. What a waste. First of all, that's a bold thing, because when you self-promote to an apostle, you don't have prophetic angels anymore. You get the angel over the office of the apostle, the high seat, and their job is to vet you. So your life is going to go into chaos. A lot of people got up there and said, whoop, not for me. Came right on back down. Because a lot of them were apostolic prophets and not apostles. And we have a ton of apostolic prophets right now because the church was founded by apostles. Isn't that wonderful? I really wanted to give you the, are they, how are they doing? Are they, they rolling with Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm telling you, this year you better get yourself in the right prophetic education program. Because you do not want to be schooled in what God is closing down and what is passing away. Paul talked about that all the time. He said, yeah, but y'all chasing that, but that's passing away. Jesus was like, you're chasing death, but that's passing away. You need to become current in Christ so that you can become the currency of his future. Okay, you know, Rachel likes it. Yeah. You know, leave it to Rachel. I'll like, and the Lord said, no, 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 no. See, many of you are not future currency for the, for the Almighty. Now, you can, and not everybody that's existing today should be. Some of you are are maintainers. You become the corridor through which the future passes through. And you get them ready for us as a corridor. You get them ready for us as a camp. That's why we call everything a camp. Because you, the camp is that corridor that gets you to the present, gets you 
trained in the present so that you can serve in the future. It's important for you to understand how God does things. Because, you know, the Bible talks about all the time we need to know the operations of his hand. We need to know how God operates, not how you revelate. Because your revelations are irrelevant without God's operations. Because they have no place. They have no people to operate them. They have no place or to be stationed and dispensed. And they have no era in which they fit and the situations of the era that they exist to treat. They don't have, you don't have that. So you are still operating on what was. You understand that you are not a part of what is to be. So you might be a camp, stay there, and help people go to camp. Say, folks, visit camp. You know, you go to camp. <laughs> you go to camp for war. You go to camp for training. You go to camp for recreation. You do not go to camp for authentication or authority. You still have to come from camp to institution. And some of you have camped too long. We said it was time to break camp. Some of you want it's time to break camp. That doesn't mean break up the camp. You leave rest campers there. You need to know when it's time to go. You need to know when it's time. Can anybody hear what I just said? Because some of you all have stayed at the camp so long, you've taken one course for 12 years talking about why won't God use you. So God said, why don't you become useful? Usable. Some of you all take the same class at your church every year. Talk about, I get something new every time I take it. Oh, come on, people get something new every time they watch a, a football game. They don't make it their life's career unless they're the player. <laughs> you get, I mean, every, if you revisit anything, you're going to get something new. You watch rerun television, rerun movies, you're going to get something new. That cannot be the deciding factor. Well, you know, well, I, you know, sister so-and-so will be mad with you. If sister so-and-so is mad with you, that's because they belong in a camp of the past, and they're afraid of you leaving them for the future. Because a great mentor knows life is a journey. A good mentor knows that it's step upon step, upon step stage, 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 and on we go. So your mentor wants you to stay with them, and they know that they are not producing the quality you need to fulfill destiny, you need to kiss them, send them a letter, send them a card, hug them, send them some gift card, and thank God for your time. But your obedience is to God because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And a lot of times God will use your mentor's resistance as a test to see if you will obey him or not. Because Peter said, man, I'll to obey God and not me. The first thing you need to know if you're part of the future is whether or not God has final say in your life and final sway. Because whoever has final say, that one is your God. Yes. So there are a lot of you all. God told you to leave three years ago, five years ago, told you where to go. You didn't like it. You want to be with the big and the flashy. You wanted to have that that five seconds of fame that you can walk past the television cameras and everybody can look at you and say, yeah, look at you, passing the camera. Vain glory instead of God glory. It's time for you, 2020, it's time for you to move on. You have taken that class one time too many. 
You have read that book. Yeah, look at my book. It's dog ears. I don't keep going back to a dog dog eared book unless it's a reference. Once I dog ear it, it stops being a reader and becomes a reference. So I refer to it. Isn't that good? You like that apostle? I like that. So I'm telling you, because some of you, I just keep that. Well, we do that with the Bible. The Bible is your manual of life. It's your manual of life. It's your life text. It is how to learn to live in God's realm. It is how to learn to live as God's child. It is how to learn how to serve the Lord. How God chooses servants. How God delivers servants. How he develops them. It's about God's word. That's why, guess what? The main character is God. Yeah. I just was trying to be funny one day, and I just keyed in God and whatever. The thing ran out of account. And God said, well, it is my book. But I did the same thing with, with Jesus and Messiah. Like, how how can 27 books hold over, you know, X amount of thousands of times with this man's name? And he says, my book. <laughs> that, 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 that clears that up. I want you to think differently. You have to know. You have to know. Say, I've got to know. How God operates. Because until you know, you and God don't get along. Because, see, God is doing sovereign, almighty, from the perpetual eternity, and you're doing trends. You're doing popularity. And that's important. It's important because you might be working by another God. You know? Because unlike some... Um, 28, which is where I got the idea of operation of his hands, because it says, um, give them according to the Psalm 28. Um, I'm gonna this is, I'm gonna read the beginning. Uh, Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them to go down to the pit. So you understand when God stops talking to you, you are, your salvation and your soul are in peril, <laughs> because you should hear her. Because he, he's doing business all the time. The name never stops, you know? And so, hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. Isn't that something? Holy, or I like that, holy oracle. They say the holy of holies in the Jewish tabernacle. In other words, the place where God speaks. Right now, your heart is the oracle. Your soul is. If you are in Christ. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracles, draw me not away with the wicked. You think these people just decided that they wanted to walk away from God? No, God is holy. And if you're going to be messy, he's going to allow you to stay with the deity of your mess. He's like, I'm not going to be wrestling with you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'll warn you. Because people don't fall in an instant. And you assume that because you feel, you, in your mind, when they fell is when you realize they were in trouble. No, in God's mind is when they adopted a new deity, the fall was inevitable. And all of that was done behind the scenes. Remember what we just read in Ezekiel? Because you need to understand, if I had to give this a title, I would have to say, how people fall away from God. Because there is a process. There is a sequence of events. And that sequence of events is what you should know. Because some of you all don't feel like you're being tempted. You're getting letters from double camps and double organizations, and you're flattered. Flattery is step one. 
is driving out away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands. Render to them their deserts, because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands. He shall destroy them and not build them up. So you have got to recognize God has methods. He has a methodology. He has standards. He has criteria. And he has operations. When you use the word function, it's a synonym for operation. So God has a way he operates. Well, how do you see that? You know, because I got those Old Testament, New Testament saints who God help them. But let's go to your favorite New Testament book, 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts was added because Paul actually said now concerning spirituality or spiritual things. Brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You see, the fact that you all bought into these failed men speaks to an ignorance that should not have been if you have the indwelling Holy Ghost because he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He will tell you what's to come. He said he will take of what is Jesus's. Not just spiritual. He will take of what is Jesus's and show it to you. Isn't that something? See, God got you coming and going. You can give whatever, you know, uh, blinders that you want to put on your mind, whatever lies you want to blind your mind and heart. That's not God. That's not the Holy Ghost. God's citizens will say, you know, you're wrong. No, we don't do that here. No, that's not how we operate. We're going to find 2020 is going to be the year where God literally divulges in that how he operates. Not just that he is God, but how he operates. And so he said, you know that you were Gentiles, carried away with unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Isn't that what we are now? These, you're following men who, who literally are being led by dumb idols, and you're being led into idolatry because you agree with them. Well, I don't know if I would say I agree with them, Dr. Price. I mean, I know it's wrong, but they still my friends. They still my family. Yeah, but your idea, the problem is people don't know that you made a decision that they're wrong. People are looking at your, your endorsement or looking at your connection involvement as endorsement. So they believe that what they thought was holy is not really holy. They believe that what they thought was holiness is not really holiness. And not, they believe all of that. Now, should you not talk to them? No, but you should make it clear. I disagree. We don't follow this. So any relationship or any reactions you see or interactions I have with this person, you need to know that they're based on friendship, long-standing relationship, etc. But in my public office and in my divine station, none of that is accurate, and I don't back it. And you are not to look at it as if I do. Now, we have coffee. What we discuss over coffee is not the public ministry. But what I say to you over the pulpit, public ministry. You know, the Bible said that Satan, uh, that, uh, excuse me, the devil's alive, that Samuel stood before the Lord. That word stood actually means his station was before God. He was stationed. He had a heavenly station which determined his rank. Oh, don't be loving 
So when you're a prophet, you have a station. And if you are a high prophet, you have a station, you're stationed in a ward. High prophets have watch wards. You have a ward that you sit in. That's what Habakkuk said. I'm going to go back to my ward because I know I just, I, I mouthed off to the Almighty. I just sounded off to God, and he has every reason right now to slay me. So, but he knows this war. I'm a watcher in my ward. See, these are the things you're going to learn this year about the prophetic. You don't just watch over people. You can't watch over people until you get a war. And you cannot watch over them until God authorizes you and puts you in a particular station, not just status. See, we walk about talking about status because we want to be free range. They be like free range chicken and cows. You know, we want, to, we want status. That they have a status that they cannot be with the masses. They can't be with the rest of the herd or the flock. So they have the status, but they're not stationed. And you need a station to be that. You know, in my book, I'm writing, um, God, pray for me. And, you know, assessing yourself prophetically is going to be published by Whitaker. We talk about station versus status. See, because a lot of people have status, and a lot of people have stature. But station means you're actively engaged in a duty or responsibility. And it says Samuel was standing among the prophets. His station. Oh, somebody. Now, moving on, it's in verse 3. We're still in verse 3 and 12. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, you know, we can hear that people, you know, a lot of paganists have said, well, I said it and nothing happened. He wasn't talking about pagans outside of the church. He was talking to people that belong to Jesus. And he wanted to let you know that when you're in the congregation of the righteous, when you are among the saints, the Holy Ghost is there. And he's going, his glory, his praise, his joy, his reverence, his self-esteem. You know, the Holy Ghost has a self-esteem, which comes down to us as reverence. So his self-esteem, bless his name, is that you will glorify him. And you can see it. When God gets ready to move, even devils got to say Jesus is Lord. We, we, we had them services, boy, and my husband, that music. And if you got the right band and the right keyboardist and, and, and musicians, oh, my God, the Holy Ghost will lift that whole body up, and they know it. Because when they come out of it, they feel like they have left the planet. So God is not talking about people who never said Jesus was Lord before ever. He's saying that if you're in my, you don't curse God if I'm in you. Because the people in whom God dwells don't curse him. They can't because he shed his love abroad in their hearts. So they cannot curse him. You're talking, so he's saying, this is how you know. These are the spots in your love feet that you talked about. So moving on, now he goes, but now he, he shifts, and he's going into verse. Now look at what he says. 12-4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. 
Sometimes we get so caught up on the diversity that we forget the same spirit. Sometimes we get caught up on the spirit and we forget diversity. God has different gifts. We don't all do the same thing. We're not all built to do the same thing. We, uh, we each one of us has something to bring to God that is unique to us, and we are physiologically, anatomically, neurologically, and psychologically fitted for it. We can do nothing else. That's singer's sin. You look at a little infant, that infant that's in that three-month thing. And, and you can't tell the baby to shut up to the baby. I don't say the baby is doing what's natural. Six months singing. On and on. And I, I've been in restaurants, and, and, and the baby is just singing up the song. People all interested. That's the singer. And when she can articulate it, you're going to hear songs. Everything's going to be a song to this baby. You know, a lot of young mothers appreciate me telling them that. No, that's a singer right here. You get that baby that can't stop kicking no matter what, just kicking and stop. That's a thing. Built for it, and it shows up if you pay attention. It's, I'm talking about in happiness, not because the baby's wet. <laughs> Verse 5, there are differences of administration. We don't all administrate the kingdom, the, the God realm, the same way. The king needs different administrators just like the, the monarchs and sovereigns on the earth do. So they're different kinds, but here's where we go. And there are diversities of operation. God has operation? Operations come from the word open for work and office for official work. So you need to, you know, you know, Mr. Magnus Opus, that's a word. O-P-U-S is work, work. So when you think about how God is, our, you can't even do ministry until you know the man's operation, until you know how he places his gifts in, until you know how he administrates the souls and the lives that he makes, the destiny. And so God says, when you don't know the operation of his hands, we just got through seeing that in Psalm 28, 5, you are vulnerable to seduction, to delusion, to confusion, to neglect, to deception, where you will not only be a defect or be defective, you will defect, leave God. The word defection means taken away from usefulness. Fact, fulfilled, facility. So you will be considered useless to God. And our job is to be meek for the master's use. So the fact that these men and these people, their followers, can circulate the body at will and get rich doing so is an indictment against the leaders of the church. Because somehow or another, the message came that God is not unique. God is not a -a one-of-a-kind God that Christians are no different than any other religious body, that message came out. And when they came in inseminating the leaders and the teachers of the day with that message, they did so in private sessions, as you saw. Look through the door. They were getting classes from devil. And, and devil agents, devil preachers, devil theologians, theologians, began to tell them another side of the story. And because they didn't know Christ, the other side of the story began to be plausible. And once it became plausible, it became acceptable. It was assimilated. 
And then after that, it was distributed. Literally, it became popular. And what is it, what were the elements? Because you need to know the elements of those messages. The first element is that Jesus loves you no matter what. He loves you more than himself. That's element one. The second element is God understands. That's why he became human. He understands your humanity. And, and it's said as if his understanding equals indulgence. He, he understands you can't help yourself. But God said, that's why I gave you the Holy Spirit, because I knew you couldn't help yourself. So I gave you what I use, the Holy Ghost. Another element is liberty. And they literally, they uh, wrangle the scriptures and exaggerate the privileges of redemption. And they corrupt us through that exaggeration. So you feel anything goes. And so you've been taught anything goes in Christ because Christ is so glad to have you. He's so glad to have you, he will take your little corrupt stuff and bring it home to put in a world that he's urged of that corruption. Does that make sense? But see, without teachers, because the next one is you don't need any man to teach you. So everybody was self-taught, self-learned, self-graded, self-quizzed, self-affirmed. And they read the Bible as it spoke to them. And, and Bible publishers contributed this to them. We can produce a Bible that speaks to you just the way you are. Yes. Because it's not the Bible that's important. It's your personal understanding and interpretation of it to apply to your life, your private deeds. So you got all of these different Bibles, and they, trust me, they're not authorized versions. God didn't authorize those. God authorized teachers to help you understand it. That's what God authorized. God anointed teachers. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all what? For oppressing the devil. God, God's anointing makes you a teacher of God's truth. Then, so we have the, you don't need anybody to teach you. Then we have the, you can pray for yourself. You can counsel yourself. You can help yourself. The DIY Christian. You don't need a pastor. You don't need a church. You don't need a preacher. You don't need a counselor. You don't need a, well, you don't, you might need a prayer partner. That could happen. Might. Because you ought to be able to pray for yourself because individuality began in the church. That whole faith message was about what you can do without God's institution, without God's orders, without God's protocol. It was all about what you could do for yourself at home, on your own, the way you saw fit. Isn't that powerful? You know I've got a piece of scripture. Doesn't matter, I've got an Ashley. I have an apostle Ashley who will help me. But you need to understand how we got here because people are like, well, how do we get here? What, what is this? And you can't do anything in, in, in any institution without authority. So it's the authority figure that, that Satan went after first because they had the authority to change the law and change the rules. And so God will always come after you as a leader. He will always come after your authority. You think he just likes you? No, he needs your authority to shift power and license from Christ to him. 
one. Through desire, a man, having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddles with all wisdom. Now, if you read another translation, some of you all may have it, it says that a, instead of saying, said, a man that isolates himself seeks only rebellion. And that was a rebellious move. That characterizes how we got here. Everybody was separated. When Jesus came, he said his flock were like sheep without a shepherd. Then um, during this movement, you didn't need a shepherd. And eventually, thank God, the pastors had something up and said, no, 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 my sheep need me and I need them. But, but, but you had a huge amount of people. We had to send people back to church. They were sitting home watching TV. So, and, 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 and financing television ministries of folks who did pray for them, who didn't help get their kids out of jail, who did not help them keep their apartments, who did not help them get married, who did not baptize them, who did and, and those television folks got that, and they didn't do it. No, you give your extra. Or you create an extra. And then it brings us the money. And you had all these people like, you don't need ties because ties are under the law. Ties are under the, first of all, ties did to somebody get a pen. Let me just. <laughs> ties did not begin under the law of Moses. But if you read your Bible, you would know that. Tithes began with Abraham. Tithes are an act of faith. And it is the, the token of a faith covenant, a covenant of faith in God fulfilling his promises. Moses did not invent the tithe. He did not institute the tithe. The people were tithing before they got out of Egypt because they were children of Abraham. Bad teachers. Hit ties on the internet. Prophet of Y'all can come up. But Prophet of you go do that one day. You have, I mean, it is ridiculous how many teachers, preachers say that tithing is not in the New Testament. Now, it's not under the law. It's under faith in Genesis. When Abraham won the war against the five kings, he gave God a tithe of the sport, which lets you know the context in which tithing should happen. Every week that you win the right to keep your job, because there's a war against you, especially Christians, staying employed. So the tithe is not under the law. Write it down. The tithe is not under the law of Moses, and never was. It didn't begin there. It began with Abraham, Genesis 14. It began with Abraham. Now, if Abraham made it to the New Testament, guess what else made it? Everything Abraham. Faith made it. And tithe is the highest act of faith because money creates covenant. Because he said, where your heart is, your treasure will be also. So, is it in the, what Dr. Tyson is in the Yes. Hebrews 7 gives you a whole new piece on it. The Melchizedek priesthood. Because Abraham tithed to Melchizedek before Levi was born. And Melchizedek is an eternal being. We are 
after the order of Melchizedek. You see, these people, when we know them paraphrase, quadruphrase, came to phrase Bible, come on, they can't phrase you know? Yeah. And so though they read all of these Bibles and they're not realizing that Abraham is credited for tithing to eternity because he gave the tithe to Melchizedek. Who is the order of priests that Jesus established in eternity? Y'all loving this? And y'all better send me a tithe if you don't have a church. Because you need to catch God up. It's the first of the year. You don't have a church. You don't have a pastor. You don't have whatever. You need to send me the tithe because it needs to go in God's house. Now, when I I say this, because oftentimes, and I'd love to sit down with the theologians, yeah, but it's not uh -uh, Hebrews. You can tell saints don't read Hebrews. But Hebrews is literally the book of the Bible that brought itself from Old to New Testament. Because Paul had to bring the academia of the new creation and the kingdom of Christ to the Jews. Because they were like, no, no, we don't. Mm-mm. And he, and, 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 you know, the Jews were, because, you know, the many people get in Christ, the first thing they want to do is take his money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't want to give God any money. Now, you were, when you were under, you know, the United Way, they got money, the, the, the American Way, the that everybody got money. But when you get to Christ, he can't get a dime. That ought to tell you the warfare he fights to finance his vision. Because you all don't want to finance God's vision because you're too busy financing your own. And so we know, then we move from, you see, because it's briefly, Abraham is the first priest. Moses established the priest and brought briefly lie. We go all the way down to Malachi, priest again. We get all the way over to Hebrews. I love it. Don't you love it? Amen. Hebrews. This is where, this is why your house is in trouble. This is why your businesses are drying up. This is why. Now, God will lead you alone because after you all took your time from Jesus and gave him the devil. You know, you gave them to your little occultists, you gave them to your psychics, you gave them to your palm readers and your astrologers. You think God didn't know that? Don't you know? He's a honey man. I love this honey man. He's my honey man. So Hebrews, my favorite, one of my favorite books to me, if you read Hebrews 7 over and over again, you're going to get the spirit of the church. So here's Hebrews. And Hebrews 7, and I teach it to my leaders. Okay? So, Hebrews 7 starts as if it's a continuation of Hebrews 6. But you can read 6 and 7 because I think it's amazing that God did this. But let's go and say, you know, we're in God willing. He's talking about Abraham and the promises and God. Because God tells you where, where it all began. It began with Abraham. And he says, I'm looking here. Um, verse 13, 6, 13, for when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. Can you imagine God said, I swear to me? You know, we say, I swear to God. God said, I swear to me. How about you? <laughs> I don't have anybody else. He said, whereby this is powerful. Say, surely blessing, I will bless thee and multiply, and I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently 
to highlight that. Patiently endure. Wherein God, look at this, for men verily swear by the greater and an oath of confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed with the earth and uh, with an oath by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation. First of all, God can't lie. So those people lying on God, talking about he doesn't care, those are lies. God can't lie. He said, I can't change. I can't lie. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. So you need to be really clear on the reality that those the doctrine can lie, but God can't. And so he said, impossible for God to God's lie. We might have a strong consolation who has fled for refuge to lay hope, to lay upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters, look at this, which enters into that within the veil. He's not just talking about the veil that was rent. The Bible said the new veil is Jesus Christ's body. So your hope is being in his body. So we go through the veil of his flesh. Thank you. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made, listen to this, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Most of you Christians don't know that you are a Melchizedek priest. The, the Mormons got it, a little bit off, but, but they still understand. There's a, you, we are the new creation is the Melchizedek priest. So when he says, a royal Melchizedek. Why are we royal? Because we're eternal. Because we originated in heaven. And we came from the south of Jesus Christ who instituted it all. Now, here's what gets good. Say, it gets good. All right, because I don't want y'all to lose it. I'm trying to rush. For this Melchizedek, and he's going to say, King of Salem, God of Most High. And he said, verse 2, 72, to whom Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being interpretation by king of righteousness. So Abraham gave Melchizedek the tithe. He did not tithe to a mortal being. He tithed to an eternal being. Since you're teaching the eternal tithe. The eternal tithe. You need to get that teaching. The eternal. The tithe is eternal. The tithe is not temporal. So Levi handled the cash, but Melchizedek took the currency. Because that is how God does it. So now he said to whom? And he, said, and he tells you, he's eternal, without father, without mother, without descent, meaning no family tree, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made unlike to the Son of God, abide the priest forever. Now you've got Aaron teaching that said Jesus is my kid. Creature can't be creator. Creator, you understand that. Creatures don't self-create. Creatures have created. So he goes down and he said, now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave us the tenth of the spoil. This is not an earthly thing. So if you've not been tithing, you have been in violation of God's eternal law. See, there is an, an earthly law, but God has an eternal law, and that is it's the law of reciprocity. If he gives you something material, you must sow back to him something spiritual and vice versa. So what our job is, I give you spiritual what, what, food and mat, whatever, you are to sow to me. The more I bless your life and break you free, free with the authority given right. to me from my feet, the more you need to back me. I ought not to walk for anything, not because Paula is special, but because my feet and my service to the head of the Melchizedek priesthood. Because God says your heart 
your, the cash is your pocket. Your heart is the currency. Your heart is the faith. Like, I, I, I believe God's going to bless me because of this. Dr. Christ, you pray. You know, probably did. You no, no, no. And see, the reason that you're struggling is because you bankrupt this man's church on false doctrine. You bankrupt his church, so he bankrupt your business. He, he, he bankrupt your economy. But a lot of people are still doing well. Yeah, but their body's on. Somewhere along the life, robbing God is going to cost you. It's Bible. I know folks don't. I don't know the kids' Bible. I'm reading the Bible. If you don't believe in the Bible, you're not even saved. Leave it alone. Anyway. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi who, who receive the office, it's an office, it's an official duty. You have an official duty to tithe. If the office of the priesthood have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them receives tithes. Now, this book wanted to do past tense. But if that's the case, then why did Jesus go through the trouble? of becoming the high priest over the order of Melchizedek. So look at this. And, and, and so they, they made this change, and then there you go. God fixes it anyhow. It says, I love it, who received tithes of Abraham and blessed him and had the promise. Without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here, men that die receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witnesses. That he lived, he still lives. See, Melchizedek wasn't dead. He's not dead. So you still got a tie to Jesus Christ. And as I might say also, Levi also, who received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. That means that some of you all, you paying tithes, bless your kids. You stop paying tithes, curse your kids. Because you needed to give God on a hook, no matter what, whether you got saved, didn't say. So you're to a lot of lot of people, your sons and daughters don't have a currency, so they're born into the planet without a currency, not without an account. God has no reason to treat them differently. So He gives them eternal life. Bless your honey. So we only got a little bit of time, but I'm gonna give the last few minutes to you too. We'll start with you. I know, don't I do it to you, but I know. I'm not. Huh. So I'm t- you pastor, y'all need to make sure all your members hear this because your church is in trouble because that money is going to darkness. That money is going to sin. That money is going to death. It is not going to life. We alone are the commonwealth of eternity. The church is the creator's commonwealth and, and, and all wealth is dependent upon our trust our faith and belief. Abraham paid tithes because he believed God. He didn't pay, pay, pay tithes to relieve God of his economy. Mm. Mm. You don't even know what you want no. to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, there's so, so many really powerful things today, but I wanted to go back to a comment that you made earlier just a little bit earlier, um, which I thought was really, really powerful about Samuel. Um, you talked a lot today about uh, the prophet and their particular role, which I think is really, really important. Um, but you talked about him being stationed before God, that that determined his rank. Do you have a station or just a status? Um, 
what I just wanted you to elaborate on that just a little bit because you know I think that we're dealing with that a lot right now in the prophetic. We have a lot of a lot of voices, right? A lot of prophetic voices. Everyone's saying, you know, I have a prophecy, I have a word, I have a word. I'm getting ready to prophesy on you right now, and all those different things. What is the, the the danger, and what do you see God doing dealing with that? Because we are heavily saturated with prophetic voices right now, and you're making this distinction. They have a status but not a station. So I wanted you to talk on that just a little bit more. Well, you know, um, in the book that I'm writing, I have a set, uh, I use a phrase, an all-encompassing phrase called divine communication. There are a lot of people who have divine communication, information that they receive from the spirit realm, from whatever spirit they're talking to, the spirit of their heart. So just because a person has a divine communication doesn't mean they're prophesying. Just because a person prophesies doesn't mean they're prophesying. Mm-hmm. So our job, Samuel, official prophet, official, which means God thanks him. Remember New Year's Eve, I read Zechariah 3. And if God does not um, inaugurate and clothe your you for his service in his realm, then in this realm, you're just noisy. You're just white noise. So we got a lot of white noise claiming to be prophets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Because there's nothing that comes out of it. There's no power in those words. God, the, the, super, the God's realm, the angels of the prophetic angels of God's realm don't back the words. They dismiss them. As a matter of fact, some of them go to work to kill them and clean them up, you know, to kill them. And so when you think about that, you have to be in office. The prophetic was revived by gifts, on the gifts, and, and the gift was largely verbal. I wanted that probably exclusively verbal. Well, God had to do that. He had to start something. So, you know, get people thinking, God still speaks today, and he speaks to you. And to take us back to Joel 2.28 and to bring us into Acts 2. So the prophetic started on verbalizing. It was just a talking, uh, I won't even say ministry. It was just a talking activity. We talked. Sometimes we got it right. Sometimes we didn't. Then we ended up with great paragons who tried their best to shape it, to manage it, to correct it, and to establish it so that it wouldn't be detrimental and it wouldn't be just a shouting match. Because most prophetic environments are like a mob scene. People just shout out. You know, they just shout out whatever. But Paul had that. But now now that people are comfortable with the prophetic and frustrated with it at the same time, God says they're ready for organization. Mm -hmm. They're ready for institutionalizing. Remember back then, it was, it, the movement was more important than the institution. As long as we kept moving, then that meant God was with us. No, God always set stake. He always put a stake in the ground. His stake is in what we build from what he moves us to. So now, because of that, Samuel is credited with establishing the prophetic for Israel. And Jesus acknowledges that way down the line. So Samuel established the prophet's office, official not be service, and official not be a function, and he did so as the prophet, a chief prophet. I know, so don't write me on this, but my daughter got 36 chiefs in the Bible, so don't start, okay? So, but he did it, and so he said, when Saul went and met Samuel coming down the hill, it said that and he was coming down the hill, and he was surrounded by a company of prophets. And Samuel was standing over them. That phrase, standing over them, means stationed as a high authority, mm-hmm. high official, or supervisor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that's a long way, but, yeah. you know. 
You have another friend? You got another comment? I know she got like pages of blue. Well, I was, you talked about signing just now, and I was literally just uh, scrolling maybe about a week or so ago, and this is, you know, it's huge right now for, you know, millennial ministers to tell people that they don't have any responsibility to tithe, and we act very philosophical and high lofty when we talk about it, but um, when there, was a, there was a post that was talking about how the tithing, the tithing was strictly agricultural in the scriptures. It never meant money. You were never supposed to tie your money. What say you to those kind of comments? I'd love you to speak into that because, there's again, there's so much teaching out there. And a lot of people who are listening to your broadcast have seen that kind of stuff and are conflicted about this issue. First of all, the era was agricultural. Right. Like today we cyber tech, okay. too, because the era is cyber. Yes. So you can understand a person with wisdom because they cannot adapt. A person with or without wisdom, people without wisdom cannot adapt the, the uh, spirit of a word. They can't adapt it to the present. So everything, people paid in cows, horses, and pigs back then. The bankers had coins. Very few people had coins because it, it took literally an enormous amount of time to mint coins. Yes. And paper money was not considered anything unless it was an IOU. Those, they had credit slips that were IOU. So if you want to teach on this, do your homework. Be smart enough. Don't have somebody come behind you who did the homework make you look unlearned. So back then, people paid with, but, and I'll tell you something, though, but the elite, the aristocracy didn't. They used coins. Yes. Because the kings, the monarchs, etc., had their faces on the coins. So you see, again, do your homework. And whoever is populating that, I hope you hear me, because this is the Lord correcting you about putting your mouth out there on presumption instead of precept. So they, everything did. So it depends. If they were nomadic, they paid by whatever they had. But even with that, those nomadic uh, sailors and uh, uh, um, herders, they still had to have a little purse with some coins. And they had to pay in whatever currency was accepted, like we do today. So they had, sometimes they had coins, Sometimes they did livestock, but the exchange rate was in the coins. So you, they paid tithes with whatever they had. And, and for the record, again, error. You know, God's hot of He's so sick of error he must do. Yes. The Lord told them to bring the tithes, but the high folks had to bring shekels. They did. Okay? So that's that's teaching. And, and if you, so if that's the way I'm saying. Well, with, Satan will always rob God with gullible people because thinking people may not have the answer I just gave, but their gut, something in their lips will say, yeah, but that, you know, or they'll go and try to do it because there are people who have very close relationships with God and very deep devotion, and they'll go and God say, you know, that's not what I said, right? Because, see, these are people, for him, for these people to teach that, that means God's not talking to them, so they have to fill it in blank. They've got to make it up because God's not talking to them. Because if God was talking to them, he would talk his truth and he would talk his word. Mm-hmm. Did you like to pay your time? Catch God up. If, you have a, if you're in a church, you need to take your tithes to your church and catch up. Because Not because the church needs the money or not. You don't put your money in the bank because the bank needs it. Because <laughs> the bank may or may not need your money. They're covered by FDIC. If they got to run tomorrow, they'd be all right an hour later. 
because they have it. You put your money in the bank because you want to preserve it and you want to increase it. So you want to protect it and you want it increased. And the bank circulates your money. And you are right with that. So God circulates your money. Did you want to say something? Yeah, that's very good because everything, um, you know, in our modern times of what we should and shouldn't do are about devaluing the kingdom of God mm-hmm. in every way. You would you invest in a good car. You invest in a good home. You invest in good shoes. And you, good stuff. you invest in exactly all of those things that we are told is worth your investment. And in every which way possible, we've moved toward it. it you don't need that. But, you know, we have seen, too, that most ministries that push that have some financial people on the board offsetting the cost mm-hmm. somewhere. Somebody is paying well, we'll pay for this so you can tell the people they don't have to pay. Right. But somebody is paying, but you are setting these people up for judgment. Yes. Because that's not the way this is set up. Yeah. And with God in the kingdom, because it's all about your, like you said, that currency. I love how you talked about that, how the Levi handles the money. Mm-hmm. The, that handles the currency. Yep. Thank you. 
as if we have all of the consequences in our hands, and we do not. This is not new. I'm going to say it again. Lucifer fell without a tempter. Nobody tempted him. Then when he created temptation, he created what, what, what falling away from God. He created the darkness, the lies, the murder. He created crime. You know, he keeps saying, well, where did it come from? Him. And it didn't start on earth. So the choices, the options are there. And God wants it. But my job, if I'm going to do it right, because a lot of ministers won't say it, won't have these deeper conversations, but you'll let your people go on laboring in a delusion. This is the difference between the evangelical and the and the apostolic and prophetic is the difference between Jesus as the Savior and Jesus as the sovereign. A sovereign has to keep the kingdom. He's got to protect the population. I don't know if you all hearing what I'm saying. See, the sovereign does not get the luxury of saying anything goes because he's got a, he's got a light and darkness and a whole lot of detriment trafficking in their realm. In their kingdom. Their job is to do that's why we have police force. That's why we have government. That's why we have courts. That's why we have all of that. Because the sovereign must keep the land. The savior must seek the sheep and keep the sheep. But God can't increase the sheep without the king. So there's a whole so so the idea that soul winning is all God is interested in is not it's detrimental. Now, I don't believe all evangelicals believe that. I've met too many who don't. But that's the message they're sticking. Because you have to be responsible for how people receive your discourse and what they do with it. So you have to word things in ways that don't give permission that God himself has forbid or banned. And a lot of times we have released taboos in the, in the whole uh, guise of freedom and, and, and making people feel comfortable with Christ. God's okay if you're uncomfortable with that. You need to think about him being comfortable with you because we that's our job. Amen? Are you right? I know. Yeah. It's time to so we're going to do that right now. We're going to do that right now. Rachel has the information going across the screen. We're going to let you know the different ways that you can give things to PayPal. So if you're doing PayPal, you can do paypal.me slash Dr. Paula Price. If you're doing Cash App, then her handle there is Dr. Paula Price, no spaces. You'd like to give via any kind of credit card today, and texting is really fast and simple way to give if you don't use PayPal or Cash App. And so texting is going to be 918-203-6625. What you'll do is you're going to text that number, you're going to text the amount that you'd like to sell, and then it's going to send you a message back and tell you how you can complete your gift. Listen, guys, this kind of revelation, it's costly, it's not free, and it's not free for us to continue to give this to you, provide this to you, so uh, your speed enables you to be able to watch. I saw some comments say Thursday is my favorite day, the Paul Price is my favorite show, and you know that your speed help us to continue to come to you every Thursday for your favorite day, for your favorite show. This is That's what empowers us, that's what enables us to keep this going. So you need to sow a seed today and know that every seed that you sow, you can also go to takingiton.com and become a partner of this program. So if you watch us every Thursday, you can become a partner of this program by going to takingiton.com and actually signing up for a sponsorship package. So we encourage you to do that. And even if you can't be a governor of the kingdom as yet, you can always be a guard. Let's guard our king. 
Let's guard his possession. Let's guard his goods and his people. And let's guard his handiwork. Because that is our hope. Let's be a guard. That's going to be my, my thing. Guard your king. Guard your God. Guard your Savior, your Messiah this year and every year thereafter. Because with us, we guard him on earth. God does not want any to perish. But trust me when I say to you, he's okay with not returning into his fold and into his realm that which he has exterminated from us. I love you guys. You know I love you. Don't forget, join us Sunday, 10 o'clock, at the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands. We got 8 o'clock Sunday school with Prophet Adia and then me. And this Sunday is Let's Talk Soul Sunday. So you get to come back and learn all about the soul that you must control. God bless you. Have a great weekend.